up in the red room. Before the stars can be paid, there gotta be a dope ass story on the page. Let the beast about the cage that light about the dark. Can you build the inferno from the itty bitty spark? Coffee shop hustlers rise with the cream. A million of the writers, same Hollywood dream. Your pen and paper, all like bullets in the gun. Write what you feel, say what you want in, in the, the red room. We say what we say, we do what we feel. We gotta keep it real in the red room. All about the crap, a screen writing. Fill my bottle up with lightning up in the red room. So, look, if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get in. Uh, yeah, what's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room, where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, Tracy? 2016. Yeah. You see, we say 2016. 2016. Because 100 is everybody's doing it. That's true. So That's we got to keep it 100. It's like, what year is it, motherfucker? What year is it? You know what I mean? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we might have to do 2016 part two is flying by. That's what I know. Zooming. So and fucking tragedy after tragedy, man. Anyway, so y'all know how we do it on the rant room. On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture. But our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. So you can cuss on my show. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that. I noticed exactly, that. Exactly. So a quick little disclaimer. Lisa Bolacaja is out doing her thing as usual, probably on some panel at the beach somewhere doing something. Shout out to Lisa. As yes. always, I can't keep up anymore. So my man Tracy Grant is in the house, writer, director, producer himself. What to do? What to do? One-hour drama writer. Pimp dog. Nice to OG, be with you. DJ, mix master. Ice. That's all true. <laughs> How many hyphens he got? <laughs> I, I, I knew the DJ. I didn't know uh, Tracy had the pimp dog yes, going on. I had no idea. That's that's <laughs> how, how we go back. <laughs> Hill Dog gets to say it out. Shout out to everybody hitting us up on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Hit me up on Twitter. Shout out to all the Rant Room listeners. Yes, of course. My man Hill Dog brought me in again. Nice to be shotgun. And one of my people is here today, so it's yes. exciting for me. That's what's up. Well, we'll get in. So uh, that's what's up. Y'all know how we do it on the Rant Room. So if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get it in. <clears throat> so Tracy brought in my man today. We appreciate you coming through. Absolutely. VJ Boyd, writer, producer. What else I'm forgetting? Uh, that's it right now. Writer, producer. I that's haven't it. directed anything since that's I was it. in college. Football player. I television heard writer. I heard you got hold on. I, I, I television player. <laughs> Talk to. Hold on. Yeah, yeah that's what's up. Um, a beast on, on the flag gridiron. And shout to the whole... <laughs> Gavin Football League, that's true. Comic book writer, television uh, that's writer. True. I forgot comic uh, book writer. Oh, good. I've seen I got my comics. The, <laughs> the real deal. Yeah, they're all down there. Oh, so. there and and uh, just a genuine, nice, genuine dude. No. Yeah, it's in your eyes. I've you got walk- Tracy no. fooled. I've got Tracy fooled. He thinks I'm a nice guy. <laughs> me and a lot of people. <laughs> but you walked in the door and I immediately said, I'll do this coat. Okay, good. You good. got it I'm in your eyes. It's in I'm his glad. eyes, though, doesn't it? Is it sometimes people have it in nah, their eyes? No, a good dude. Not just. Polite and stuff yeah. like that. It's, this is a good dude. Exactly. Everyone who knows VJ knows what I'm saying. I appreciate that, Tracy. <laughs> I really do. I do. Exactly. I, I, I do my best. You know, I figure I, uh, the funny thing is, you know, everybody's got their horror stories mm-hmm. from like working in Hollywood, mm-hmm. working on shows, and I've been lucky enough not to have that. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I'm not saying that I deserve it because of karma or anything sure, like sure. that, but I mean, I always try to be a positive person, and I don't have any horror stories really. Mm-hmm. Like all the rooms, even as an assistant that I worked in, all mm-hmm. the places I've worked out here, everyone's been pretty nice. Nice, you know, yeah. obviously you're going to have a little blow up with someone sure, now and sure, then, sure. but I haven't worked for anyone abusive or with anyone abusive, mm-hmm. and I don't want to be that kind of person, yeah. you know, so. That's what's up. 
So let's go back and tell the kids where you're from and how you got into the game in the first place. All right. So and, and hope, if I get long-winded, just stop me. But, Don't worry. Uh, just, hey, we got uh, time. So I, That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's, you know, that's a trick that Graham Yost played on us in the Justified. Okay, okay. Like, oh, sorry, sorry, I interrupted you. And then you start talking and be like, interrupt you again. So I like that trick. Uh, so I grew up in Dallas, Texas, you right. know, so, which had a, did not have a great uh, last few days. Okay. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I lived there for 28 years. I went to college there. I went to UT Dallas. Right. Uh, and then when I got out of UT Dallas, I worked for IBM for six years. So, mm-hmm. I mean, all this time I was doing some writing on the side just for fun. Mm-hmm. And I was even, while I was working at IBM, I was going to grad school, get a degree in literature uh, and also a teaching certificate. So oh, I was yeah. doing both those at the same time. Okay. And the idea being, okay, I'm more interested in books and writing than I am in selling things for IBM. So when I get this degree, I'll go and I can teach high school or college. I'll mm-hmm. have the certificate, I'll have the master's. And one of my professors, uh, Tony Daniel, who's a really good science fiction novelist, mm-hmm. uh, and he was teaching screenwriting at UT Dallas and said, hey, my friend Mike Taylor, who was a writer on Battlestar Galactica, Deep Space Nine, now he writes on Turn. It's like, my friend Mike, he writes... You see t- how he just threw it out there and like... Are you all cool or something? Yeah. Like, like those his cousins or something? Yeah. See, uh, Tony, I see you. Tony is my name boy. Uh, <laughs> Mike, I've only met a couple of times, but he said, my friend Mike, he writes for TV and says, instead of pers- you know pursuing film, because that's mm. what I was doing, right? I was writing screenplays, I was yeah. writing short fiction, because those were the ways that I knew you know you could maybe have a career writing, right? Be a novelist, be John mm. Grisham, or be a screenwriter, be Steve Zalian, right? Mm-hmm. And he said, why don't you try TV? Yeah. You know, because there's kind of a career path if you're willing to start in the mailroom, so to speak. <laughs> at the if you're willing to start as an assistant. And mm-hmm. at this point, I didn't have kids or anything. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to school to try to get a job where I can do more writing. Why don't I just move to L.A. and try? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when I was 28, moved out here, uh, and I uh, got an assistant job about a month later. And I'll tell you how I got it. Please do. Unfortunately, because, <laughs> you know, assistant jobs are hard to get, too. Yes. You know, I know, Actually, they're harder to get than staff jobs. It does jobs seem that way, doesn't it? Does. Yeah, yeah. I, yes. I, uh, I know a lot of people that have moved out here, and they're like, VJ, can you help me get an assistant job? Mm-hmm. I have the only person... I have succeeded in getting a job as my brother. Really? You know, so if it's going to be one person, it's good that it's <laughs> okay, my brother. Okay. You know, can't I, be mad at that. That's yeah. right, right. And so actually, you know, for I'm always mindful of the jaded, cynical writer who is listening to this. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you may already say, okay, well, the professor took referred an interest him. in him and yeah. referred him, yeah. and the professor knew someone. I'm quite sure your professor, although he's prolific and a good person, wouldn't have done that if he hadn't seen you doing some work mm-hmm. and doing something to further what you wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, no, I, 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 yes, that is absolutely true. I mean, I think Tony and I clicked and, and, and uh, we got along really well, but also he liked my writing. Okay. Um, and although, I, I should add, although he introduced me to Mike Taylor, so I had lunch with him when I first moved sure. out here, Mike did not get me a job. Like, he didn't <laughs> even refer me anywhere. He just yeah. gave me advice, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the same with Tony. I mean, he wasn't, I mean, Tony and Mike are best friends, and Tony's been trying, at the time, was trying to transition from novels to TV, okay. and Mike didn't have a show mm-hmm. other than, you know, he was just working on Battlestar, and mm-hmm. he couldn't get him a job. It's really hard. I yeah. mean, everyone, people who are out here it's gonna be a lot easier if you're out here you know uh, and it was tough for Tony because he had kids and everything mm-hmm. but anyway so when I moved out I went to I was just looking online about how do I find a job this assistant job thing and I did things like looking for in the credits of my favorite shows like mm-hmm. The Shield and Buffy like looking at who the assistants were and finding mm-hmm. them on MySpace this is wow. like MySpace era okay. and like messaging them being like hey That's a hustle. can you I like give that. me some advice yeah, yeah. and only one person responded from uh-huh. all of that and she gave me some advice and uh, and we're still friends you know because yeah. I was like that's really cool of you mm-hmm. um, 
but there was this guy, Devin DeLapp, who <laughs> was, used to be the assistant to Ross and Thurber, mm-hmm. uh, he, who uh, wrote Dodgeball. Mm-hmm. And he has this blog and talks about how he got his job, which was cold calling production companies, um, and et cetera, when he would see on Futon Critic, because I wasn't even using IMDb Pro, I was using Futon uh-huh. Critic, when a show got picked up, call the production company, call the manager of the creator, anyone mm-hmm. you can think of, and say, hey, I'm looking for an assistant job, mm-hmm. can I send you my resume? Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did, because uh-huh. he had been successful with it. And uh, by the way, I've give, I've said, I, I used to say this to people, you should do this, mm-hmm. no one else has been successful <laughs> at it. You know? right. So I don't know if it's just not a thing anymore. Well, now there's but, so many gatekeepers in a way and now. Yeah, the yeah. Food Futon Critic is still around. Is right? Just if you're looking for that kind of information, okay. if, and if you exists. don't want to pay for IMDb Pro, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Right. Well, yeah. motherfucker, if you want to invest in your career, well, I think they have <laughs> only a hundred dollars a year. Or some yeah, shit. that's Come true. On. They're they're pretty specific in terms of their interest in television mm-hmm. and pilots and shows being picked up. So, good information. Again, anybody who didn't know or wasn't mm-hmm. familiar with the Futon Critic. Um, the television website, mm-hmm. you can stay on top of TV development here here in town. And that's free? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, I, dude, I used to have a Hollywood creative directory. I oh, yeah. You remember oh, that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I had yeah. that too yeah. for the numbers. So, mm-hmm. I, and I think I, that was where I got the numbers. So the first show I was on as an assistant was The Beast. It was the Patrick uh-huh. Swayze show on mm-hmm. A&E. Uh, right before he passed. And so they had shot their pilot and got the pickup to go to series. And okay. so I saw that on Futon Critic. I flipped through the Hollywood Creative Directory and found Scarlet Fire Entertainment, which mm-hmm. was Alan Loeb's company at the time because he was uh, an EP on it. And so uh, I called that number. Mm-hmm. And that number actually was the cell phone of no Alan's way. producer, St- Stephen Pearl, who I'm still friends with. I just had lunch with him a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> and... Uh, Steven answered the phone. He's like, hello. And I'm like, hey, uh, is this the office for the Beast? And he's like, what? <laughs> no. And I, he's like, I- I'm Steven Pearl, whatever. Said, oh, well, I'm just looking for an assistant job. Can yeah. I send you my resume? And he was like, uh, the office opens tomorrow. Just come in and interview. Really? You know? And so I, I, I was lucky enough yes. to call the day before they opened. He called the man sitting next to the man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, so I went in there and I interviewed with uh, one of the creators mm-hmm. and uh, their writer's assistant uh, for the writer's PA job. Mm-hmm. And and I got the job. And wow. so, uh, I mean, it took... This me- was in a month. Yes, this is a month. And I had only had one other interview, which mm-hmm. was for the unit uh, to be a set PA. Okay. And uh, I had just, I decided, you know what, I want to try to get a writer's office thing mm-hmm. first. Which, by the way, when you first move out here, you shouldn't be that picky. That was kind <laughs> of a mistake. But, <clears throat> but in the end, it worked out for me. Yeah, <laughs> I just didn't know that was a mistake. So, uh, so anyway, I just started being a writer's PA on that. Uh, and ended up being the showrunner's assistant, too, because they didn't have budget for a showrunner's assistant. Mm-hmm. So I got to roll calls for John Romano, who's mm-hmm. the showrunner. And uh, like I said, everyone on the show is really cool. I met people that I still keep in touch with today. Mm-hmm. And in fact... That job cascaded into my next assistant job, which was which took. By the way, when the beast ended, mm-hmm. I had eight months out of work. So that's the reality. Uh, yeah, People yeah. don't pay and attention to, right? For sure. Yes, yes. you've got you've got to have savings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, which I was running out of by the time that eight months was up yeah. because writers' you, PA did not pay a lot of <laughs> no. money. And, you know, I moved out here. I had just gotten a big commission check from okay. IBM, and I was like, "This is going to cover me yes. easily, right? This will cover <laughs> me for two years." Uh-huh. But everything's so expensive out here. You know, I was married at the time, mm-hmm. and I'm still married. But I had just gotten married, and my wife was like, "Yeah, we're not going to live in this cheap place. <laughs> you know, yeah, we're going to live in a place that I feel safe mm-hmm. now." 
that we're in a pretty much uh, strange town. <laughs> uh-huh. So I was spending more than I'd really budgeted. Okay. You know, Los um, Angeles is not yes. Dallas. <laughs> yes. That's right. That's right. Yes. Uh, all the places we looked at on Craigslist when we came out, she's like, I don't like this neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So we ended up spending like basically twice as much as I mm-hmm. budgeted on a place. So that money was running out, right? Mm-hmm. And even though she was working and I was working, dude, as an assistant, you're making basically minimum wage. Basically. You know, it's 60 yes. hours minimum wage, but it's still yes. in LA. It's not going. And they expect you to do more than that. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Um, then a friend of mine, he was a script coordinator on The Beast, mm-hmm. uh, Keith uh, Schreier, and he knew Graham Yost, who oh, created yeah. Justified, mm-hmm. and he knew him because he'd been uh, the writer's assistant on Reigns, which was a Jeff Goldblum show from okay. years before. And he knew that Graham had had the show picked up and said, hey, I know some assistants out of work, so if you're looking for assistants, here's their resumes. Yeah. And so, and Keith, by the way, even spruced up my resume, because really? I was never good at, the, I have a business degree, a bachelor's business mm-hmm. degree, I was never good at any of that kind of stuff, <laughs> right? I mean, I was always meant to be a writer, I think. Uh, and so Keith spruced it up, sent it to Graham, and Graham hired me as the writer's PA, really? season one of Justified, and then I got staffed season two. What? Um, which, you were from writer's PA, not yes. even a writer's assistant. I know, I know. Like okay, the, you gotta tell the kids how that happened. <laughs> so, the normal path, which I'm sure your listeners know sure. uh, is you know you, uh, you maybe start as the writer's PA you hope the writer's assistant gets bumped up if the show comes back by mm-hmm. the way which you always want the show to come back um and then you hope you get to be the writer's assistant, mm-hmm. and then maybe you get a freelance, mm-hmm. and then maybe the next year you get yeah. staff. So we're talking so about like, like a two or three year. years, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So what happened was between season one and two, uh, Graham was going to bring back all the writers because Graham likes to bring everyone back if possible. Okay. Uh, I mean, he's just not the type of guy who likes to fire people. Mm-hmm. And the staff writer didn't want to come back, really? like which is crazy, right? Like I, 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 I haven't really talked to him. Yeah, like yeah. we were never really close, so mm-hmm. I don't know. Why he decided not to come back? Very but curious. I'd yeah, love I'm, to I'm, hear what he has to say know, about can that. Can we have today. him on the show, bitch? I, I know. I, and look, God bless him, whoever he is. I'm not wishing any. Yeah, did they move to Missouri and become a preacher? <laughs> I would love to. I mean, you, he must have really been uncomfortable with the show. Like, yeah, maybe something. It was just like, I it wasn't, like wasn't his, yeah. the way he could write but, it, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah like if someone, because now I understand, and I think I even knew at the time, dude, if a show's coming back, that's so rare now. It's like probably yes. less than 50% of shows. Mm-hmm. You stay on the show, That's right. unless it's a nightmare. Mm-hmm. If you're sleeping in the office, maybe you try to get another job, but we weren't doing that. So Were anyway. you on there with Wendy? Hmm? Were you Wendy Calhoun? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Cool. I, I worked with Wendy both the first two seasons. Right. Yeah, um, Love Wendy. We're like trying, I'm trying to get her on the show. She's just busy. Like, she's always like busy. She, you she's know, always some speaking Coe at Google or, or like something. <laughs> exactly. like literally, every time I see her Facebook feed, she's at some fabulous place. Uh-huh. Like literally, uh-huh. literally, one time she posted this picture in Vegas, uh-huh. standing next to Dan Bilzerian and Floyd oh, Mayweather. And I was like, yes. why are you, yes. what is going on? Yes. I don't understand. Yes. And that DJ whose name I can't remember, the <laughs> heir to the uh, Benny Hanna's fortune. Uh, Okay. Uh, anyway, so I was like, okay, you live a more fabulous life than me. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so uh, so he didn't come back, and I was like, okay, this is my opportunity. Because it was also the diversity position. Uh-huh. So it was like, okay, he has a limited pool of people mm-hmm. he can put there. He knows me. Mm-hmm. I assume he likes me. Mm-hmm. So I said, hey, would you read some of my stuff? Thinking, Smart. And I was thinking, well, maybe he'll bump up the writer's assistant and give me mm-hmm. a freelance, mm-hmm. you know, right. or I get to be the writer's assistant. Uh, and I should add here that it's really helpful to have a lot of samples so you have something for every taste mm-hmm. and you'll see how that helped me I, I, I'm always writing I'm always writing something new I'm writing something new right now mm-hmm. right and so I had like six pilots that I could show him I was like what am I going to show him I so love that. I sent him two 
And I sent him one that I thought, this is the one he's going to like. Because mm-hmm. it's a crime thing, and like justifies a crime show, and I thought it was a really cool idea. Mm-hmm. The other one was like a sci-fi action thing. And I was okay. like, this isn't even applicable, but I really like it. It's my most recent thing. Yeah. So he read the crime one first, didn't like it. Really? And he handed the sci-fi one to his assistant, Amy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, tell me if I should even read this. <laughs> and she read it and was like, yeah, you should read it. And he read it and loved it. Okay, and he was like, you know what? We're going to hire you. We're going to staff you. Wow. We're going to take that position. Yeah. So I jumped over the writer's assistant, you know, which I kind of felt bad about, but it's your opportunity. You got to take it, of right? Of course. Yeah. And so, and. The writer's assistant, <laughs> didn't, they didn't do this, did they? Hold on. It's another jewel mm-hmm. that we shouldn't bypass. VJ asked to have his material read. It was a strategic yes. moment, but he could have been like, Hey, mm-hmm. I want the I want a staff, and mm-hmm. there's no sense of entitlement. He didn't ask for more than what was real within reason at mm-hmm. the time, but he had the certainly the end goal. Mm-hmm. I would think to, to get yeah. snapped. Mm-hmm. But you just you know picked your spot <laughs> from what I'm listening to and hearing. Like you waited for the opportune time, and. You asked for something within reason, which was to get rich. Totally within reason. Yeah. After having earned some some credibility mm-hmm. by doing the job. I'm yes, sure. mm-hmm. you show you're willing to do that. I mean, a lot of people are like, well, doing this assistant stuff has nothing to do with writing. Yes, but you're showing that you're, you're willing to put in the hours. You're sure. willing to... And I know that's tough for a lot of people transitioning <laughs> from another career because I was mm-hmm. going from being a salesman, you know, for many years, mm-hmm. like, well, six years seemed like many years to me at the time at IBM and, like, having a pretty nice car and then mm-hmm. being like, well, I'm going to sell this <laughs> so I can go get people coffee and try to, like, <laughs> build humbling. up my new reputation, mm-hmm. you know, and so you just have to suck it up. You yes. got to do it. And, and also, like Tracy said, yeah, I wasn't saying, will you staff me? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's implied. Mm-hmm. That obviously, that's my goal. But I'm just like, hey, would you read some of my stuff and tell me what you think? Mm-hmm. Right? And, and uh, you take the opportunity where you can get it. And by the way, there's so many people involved in me getting this opportunity. Right? Yes. I mean, if Amy hadn't been like, yes, you should read this. Mm-hmm. If... Uh, if uh, Keith hadn't thought of me out of the goodness of his heart, I'd even ask him mm-hmm. and been like, hey, Graham, would you look at VJ's resume? I mean, who knows where I'd be mm-hmm. right now? I mean, I, hopefully I'd be on something, but that helped me to get on a show with great people, you know, for six years because I was an assistant season and, and one. And w- so. what I love about this story is, to be honest, and Tracy and I talk about this every freaking time we see each other, we have so many friends who are in positions to hire us. And, and they're like, oh, you guys are doing great. And then they hire somebody else. You know what I mean? Yeah. So to hear that somebody's like, hey, dude, take a look at this. You know what I mean? Knows that there are people who are willing to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, on my level here at the lot and producing projects and stuff, I do it for a lot of people. But all my big friends think I'm doing great because I'm here. Mm-hmm. So they don't think I need anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, right. So no, it's that, like a, it's almost a catch-22. But we all... You feel me? Yes. And, but we still all have to help ourselves. Yeah, definitely. Like, I've known VJ a long time. Mm-hmm. But just sitting here is like... He had six samples. It's like, I, I got to like get that. busy. And my man was only here for a couple months. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So that's, so that's good. So I want to let, let my man continue. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, well, well, I mean, that, and that is, I mean, that's how I got my start. Yeah. So, I mean, that answered like that question, mm-hmm. I guess. And then, like, I don't know if you want me to continue on so up you, to you, today. You, you're rolling. Uh, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so Justified, I worked there that whole time. Okay. I only pitched one project while I was on Justified. Because uh, once I was a producer, mm-hmm. you know, I was allowed to. So you develop. worked your way up. Yeah, I did. And so uh-huh. that's why you want to stay on a show. Yes. It's because you keep getting promoted, mm-hmm. right? And, and once you're promoted, then uh, you can't get 
get demoted, right, according mm-hmm. to the union, basically. Mm-hmm. So once you're a producer, then when you go to your new show, you're a producer. Yep. And so the, you're not – if you – if the show ends and you're a staff writer, your next show you're still gonna be a staff writer, right? And so you want to get that bump. So anyway, I was uh, I was really fortunate that it went six seasons and mm-hmm. I was able to be a producer when we left. So while I was there, once I was a did you skip anything? Um, like what do you mean? Like like any levels, or did you just work Story your way straight up? I basically didn't yes. because I was a okay. staff writer for two years, okay. which often happens. Unfortunately, it often happens with the diversity position, mm-hmm. you know, because for whatever reason, and this actually really bugs me. And I said this to. A friend of mine who was running for the WJ board last mm-hmm. year, because he was like, hey, diversity is a big thing for me. Can you tell me, since you came up mm-hmm. as a diversity writer, what, what do you see as a problem with it? And one of the things I told him is that you're kind of treated, not in a, I want to say not in an insulting way. No mm-hmm. one means it insulting, but the diversity staff writer position is treated as a lower staff writer position I than the other that. staff writer. I believe that. that. How so? Sense. How so? Well, it's like... Any, if they're like, for instance, in the room I'm in now, Snowfall, mm-hmm. we only have one staff writer. It's a white guy because we don't have a diversity position because it's a pre-pilot room. Okay. Um, and show, and so. If someone needs to write on the board, he's expected to do it. Okay. If someone's going to do research, he's expected to do it, right? It's okay. like earning your stripes. And mm-hmm. that, for the low-level writer, that's normal. You mm-hmm. expect that. But in a room where there's, say, a white staff writer and a diversity staff writer, mm-hmm. it's just automatically assumed, which I thought was really weird, that hmm. the diversity writer is lower than the other staff writer. Yeah. It's like they're getting a fa- they're doing it to you a favor. Uh-huh. You know, so uh-huh. like nobody read your script at all, isn't hey, it? Right? Like, it doesn't, that doesn't make sense to uh-huh. me. And, and I would ask anyone you know who has a show who's listening to this to not do that. Like mm-hmm. they're all they're both staff writers, mm-hmm. okay? Um, so uh, oftentimes this didn't just happen to me; it's happened to other people I knew too. And honestly, I think that it may have been one of the reasons that the staff writer left season one is oh, he was, okay. I know he was asked to repeat staff writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he may have just been like, well, was he I, diverse also? Yes. Okay. I, he may have just been like, cause that was the diversity position that mm-hmm. he was in. Um, and by the way, I understand as someone who has done hiring mm-hmm. because, uh, I did a pilot this last year for ABC. Oh, yeah, we'll get into it that. didn't end up going, mm-hmm. but having done staffing and seeing how that works, mm-hmm. I understand that because, you're asked to have a diversity position. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a, sh- a smaller pool for that because the network will say, here's your candidates. Mm-hmm. So if you are able to keep a person there for two seasons, then you don't have to bother looking at that smaller pool again. Yes. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. just as a quick example, not to get too off no, no, track, no, but good. there was someone I wanted to hire if mm-hmm. the jury had gone mm-hmm. as the diversity writer. Okay. But I wasn't allowed to do that because ABC had, these are the people who you uh, want you to hire. Yeah. So... I can see that if I already like the guy I have as staff writer, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to keep him down, just mm-hmm. putting myself in the position as a showrunner. But if I promote him, then I have to go back to the network and say, okay, who you got for me and hope they're good. You'll do it all Instead over of again. freely being able to hire whoever I want. Got and by the way, if you're someone with a lot of power, I'm sure that that doesn't happen. Sure. Like I'm sure Matt Weiner could hire whoever he wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but if you have a new show and you're co-showrunning, then... But anyway, so I, I'm just trying oh, that's to... that's a good point. Yeah, that's so I'm trying point. to, like... Because I don't think Graham was intentionally trying to keep anyone right. down or mm-hmm. anything. It's a business decision. Imperfections but it, yeah. with yeah. the issue, and a yeah. lot of well-intentioned people are involved. Yeah. And so, But anyway, so I ended up uh, repeating Staff Writer, but then they gave me the double bump after Story Editor. That's, so I skipped okay. Executive and went to Co-Producer. So they kind of made it up to so you, me. Wow, so you, you, know, you skipped Story Editor and, I, well, and no, Executive I, I, Story I was Story Editor, skipped okay. Executive, and mm-hmm. went straight to Co-Producer. So I kind of, at the end, I would, would have been a producer even okay, you yeah, know, true. in the end anyway. True. So uh, so yeah, so that was cool of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the show was a success then, so it was probably easier to say we want to keep the staff. Now, were you, were, staff. is Justified a show where you guys got to produce and go to the set? We and all did, that? yes. Okay. Um, 
I'm amazed still at how many shows don't allow the writers. I'm like, how are you supposed to be a producer? Oh, things and you are, don't know how to fucking produce. Things yeah. are changing <laughs> all the time. I'm sure other showrunners will push for it. Other yeah. showrunners feel differently. Budgets go up and down. Yeah, I'm just, I just don't get it though. No, I, I no, I, I totally agree. And I really, I really admire showrunners like like Graham and like Sean Ryan mm-hmm. who make a big deal about sending their writers, you know, to set so that they can learn. They so that, learn. And you see a lot of people from those camps that create shows mm-hmm. uh, and. Uh, uh, like Joe Weisberg worked for Graham on Falling Skies because mm-hmm. I was there for a brief time mm-hmm. between seasons one and two of Justified as the writer's assistant and then they did The Americans together okay. and uh, and Dave Andron who worked on Reigns and Justified is running Snowfall mm-hmm. uh, you know and, and et cetera et cetera mm-hmm. you know like Taylor has an overall deal Ingrid has an overall deal and all these people who came from Justified um, but yeah we did get to produce although honestly because we had so many writers and that's partially because Graham doesn't like to fire people you know it, so to, you guys had a big room we had like 11 people by the really? final for 13 episodes like in the Empire, final season. <laughs> yeah, like we had we had 10 most of the time. We had 11 the final season because Graham promoted the writer's assistant, mm-hmm. which was great of him. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that uh, my, that was my friend Keith mm-hmm. who had gotten me that job. I had ended up surpassing him and now he writes on, he and now he writes on Outsiders and oh, yeah. has a very successful career. Uh, and, you know, Graham knew this is going to help him. Final mm-hmm. season, let's staff him. But anyway, so because we had such a big room, I would only get to go to set for one episode. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of one of those things where by the time you get back a year later you've forgotten everything mm. in a way it's it you haven't forgotten everything but it's not it's that muscle yeah, memory, it's a total muscle which when I got on the next show I was on which was The Player um, which with Wesley Snipes mm-hmm. and that was the first show I was on after Justified so it was my mm-hmm. second show ever mm-hmm. I ended up producing most of the episodes or oh, really? more than anyone else like mm-hmm. I produced three episodes maybe three and a half because mm-hmm. I would cover set for other people and no one else produced more than one. That was mm-hmm. just kind of the way the cookie crumbled okay. and that because I they produced... They just wanted a brother on there to be next to Wesley. That's all. <laughs> maybe so. I don't I know. know. <laughs> but because I produced <laughs> three episodes in a very short span of time, like mm-hmm. three episodes in like three months because we got canceled. I bet you learned so. a ton. Exactly. And mm-hmm. like you get really close with the crew. You mm-hmm. actually, I actually was like, oh, that's what that guy does. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you're on set for one week a year yeah. on Justified, it's like, well, I didn't really get to know anybody. Yeah. As soon as I started figuring out what I was doing, it ended. Mm-hmm. So that helped me a lot, such that when I went and produced my pilot, I was like, yeah, I know what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. I just produced like three episodes of television mm-hmm. of, like a, of like a big network show. Mm-hmm. Um, and, so, and so, yeah, that was really helpful. That's good. That's good. Very yeah, cool. no, but I, I didn't mean uh, to, to, to hawk on that thing about, you know, producers not sending the writers to the thing. It's okay. But the reason I'm saying is because I'm, I'm on four committees at the Writers Guild, right? And one of them is the Education Committee. And we did a, um, um, I don't know if you came to that, we, di- we did one last year, toward the end of the year, like October or something, on producing the post-production on a TV show. Mm-hmm. And the reason is, is one of the, I'm not going to say her name because she's a big EP, um, just started working on a new show. She had worked seven seasons on a show, never been to the set. That's wow. amazing. She's co-EP. <laughs> so she's like, guys, I'm on a new show right now, and they're sending me to the set. I'm fucking lost. They're sending me to edit. They're sending me to score. I have no fucking clue what to do. And I'm like, how do you become co-EP? It's crazy. I could run a show right now. Right. Trust me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, no how doubt. do you not know how to do all that stuff? So anyway, then we ended up doing a whole panel and a whole thing on how to do post-production or whatever. And, and I was just fascinated by that. And now I've met more people. Mm-hmm. Who worked on shows? Who still? I'm like, well, the people <laughs> that didn't send them to set. Mm-hmm. I suspect, and who knows what's totally behind that. Sure, but it's very possible that they were so needed in their role 
that their showrunners weren't comfortable having them beyond. Well, sometimes people are shooting in Canada or whatever, so nobody goes. That too. There's that. I get that. But it just I don't doesn't know. make sense. Yeah, I mean, to me. a, a lot of a lot of shows because I've talked to showrunners who don't send people, or I've mm-hmm. talked to writers who've been on shows that don't send people, mm-hmm. and sometimes they have a really strong producing director, and they sure. feel it's unnecessary. Mm-hmm. By the way, I, I I disagree with that. I would yeah. always want to send writers, mm-hmm. but like I know Blacklist doesn't send writers. They have Michael Watkins out there, and they just mm-hmm. don't think it's necessary. Mm-hmm. Other shows, like I know Game of Silence, David Hudgens, who's an awesome guy didn't send people because he wanted to go. So mm. he would go half the time and then come back to the room half the mm-hmm. time and they had a producing director. Sure. And you know, I, I get that too. I mean, if you're someone who has such a strong vision that you're like, the buck not only stops here, it begins here, you can do that. It's your mm-hmm. show. You know, I, I personally, number one, because I'd miss my kids so I was there all the time. <laughs> uh, but number two, just because I want people to be able to learn, mm-hmm. I want to be able to delegate, I can't, I would stress myself out if I had to control every aspect. Mm-hmm. So I would want to hire people who I can trust to go do that, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, collaboration is one of the most fun things to me sure. about TV. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like to, like even when I did this pilot, I chose to write it with my friend Mark because mm-hmm. I wanted to have someone to throw <laughs> ideas up against, mm-hmm. right? And, and I write features with my brother because I like to write with people. So, okay. yeah. Okay. Are there any any other differences or things that you learned on the player that were sort of apart from your time on Justified? Yeah, was the room similar? Was it different? Um, we had a really good room on the player. I actually just had uh, I just had breakfast with a friend of mine from the player, mm-hmm. uh, and I mean we had a lot of fun. Like we're all still friends, even though we were only together for six months. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we had a great staff writer who's on Shooter now, uh, as, but. It was run a little differently. Like on Justified, Graham was in the room a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the player, the showrunners, we kind of had three showrunners, but they weren't in the room a ton. They were mm-hmm. in the room maybe a little less than half the time. But we had a lot of co-EPs, and so mm-hmm. they would kind of run it. Um, it was the first time I'd been on a broadcast show because Justified was cable. Sure. And so there was a lot more oversight. I mean, partially because it's a first-season show, mm-hmm. and partially, I guess, because it was broadcast. And mm-hmm. so getting... Very detail-oriented network notes <laughs> mm-hmm. was different because FX didn't really give us notes. Oh, really? FX like ab- after season one, right? Season one, I'm sure they did, but I was an assistant. I was okay. I didn't see it as much. Sure. But season two and on, they gave very broad notes. It'd be like three notes a script. It's like what about this, this, and this, mm-hmm. and then it was kind of take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. Unless it was a big decision, like. Um, Spoiler alert, but there, well, I won't even say. A, a major character died in a later season, in case you mm-hmm. haven't watched Justified. And that was Graham on the phone with Landgraf literally for hours, yeah. like discussing the pros and cons and should we do this? Because you can't go back. Yeah. Not a sci fi show. It's not yeah. lost. Once they're dead, they're dead. <laughs> right. You know, and, and so those kind of things were discussions, but they trusted us mm-hmm. after a certain point. And so being on a first season show and a broadcast show to get line notes from the network was unusual to me. But we, they weren't stupid. I mean, that was, that was sometimes they help. Yes. I mean, that was a good thing is that you always hear, Oh, network notes, they're terrible. Mm -hmm. And you're going to get bad notes from some people all the time. Or, you know what I mean? No one's perfect all the time, but the notes were, uh, listen, the networks, they care about their brand. Mm -hmm. They want the show to be good too. Mm -hmm. They give you notes and you try to make them work. It was, it wasn't terrible at all. Mm -hmm. So interesting. Interesting. So, Let's let's go ahead and talk about how did you end up getting to the jury? How did that happen for you? Okay, so you mind skipping to that? No, you're oh, good. You. So I, I had only pitched one show before. I pitched okay. a show called The Plant, mm-hmm. uh, 
back in 2013. It may have been 2014. That was while you were still on staff. That was while I was unjustified. Mm -hmm. And uh, I still like that show. I mean, maybe I don't think I can make it now because there's that there's a show on sci-fi Ted Humphrey's doing, which is basically it. It's a corporatized city. Mm -hmm. And my show was a spy drama set within a corporatized city. Uh, But I mean, Mm -hmm. his show went because his pitch might have been better. And also Damon and Affleck are executive producing. (laughs) I mean, that helps. I didn't. People are like, who's this VJ Boyd guy? (laughs) Uh, But it was good experience. I pitched literally like 15 places. And so go. That was good experience. Um, did you did you find your 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 pitch changed as you moved along? Like like sometimes uh, you you practice your pitch, you get it yeah. all down, you go in your pitch, and you're like, oh, they were a little quiet right there during that moment. Oh sure, or whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah. did, did it move or I need to take that to the top and bring it around? You know, whatever it is. Did you? I should anything? have changed it more. Okay. I should have changed it more. Like one thing I learned that I enacted in the jury is. I needed to believe in everything I was pitching. Mm-hmm. And because there were, you know, I had producers attached. I did it with Berman Braun. And I would be like, okay, this is my first pitch. If they give me a note, I'm going to take it. Yes. And I didn't argue with those notes enough, mm-hmm. right? Because I was like, I'm not going to be precious. They gave me a note. They know what they're doing, which, which of course, they do. Sure. But then I ended up pitching things they didn't quite believe in. And mm. I think people always know you that. You feel it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, you can always tell if someone comes and they try to, like, preach to you about something like mm-hmm. whether it's like because I've had like like no offense to anyone but I've had like a Scientologist guy come and try to convert <laughs> me but I could tell he didn't really buy it he was just like well this is what I'm supposed to do <laughs> you know what I mean but I could tell as like you don't really believe it I mean you have and you're like do you want to find yeah, Jesus yeah 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 you have like you have like uh, Christian guys who are like on the street corner yeah, trying to, and like if you actually go talk to them sometimes you can tell you don't really even want to be talking yes. to me about this but yeah. anyway you get that feeling mm-hmm. when you're pitching something you don't believe in and also and this seems so obvious but I learned that I really need to pitch more from character mm-hmm. like the cons- when I was pitching it was all about the concept okay. and sure there were characters there was a spy drama going on but I didn't really get those characters mm-hmm. I got what they were doing mm-hmm. but I needed to really I needed to just change what they were doing mm-hmm. to fit so that I believed in them so okay. that when I'm pitching them they seem like real people yeah, yeah, so yeah. with the jury it was an idea that came to me just while I was on the set of Justified, the final season, mm-hmm. uh, it was uh, my the next to the last episode that I did, and I was on set, and I was like, I don't know, I don't know what prompted it. I have no idea, and I, I said to the director, it was uh, Gwyneth Porter <laughs> Jury duty? Uh, I, I don't know. I had, but, and I just said, hey, why isn't there a legal drama from the point of view of the jury? But where it's 13 episodes and you do a flashback for each juror in the first 12, like oh, Lost, yeah. and she's like, I don't know. She didn't seem that interested, yeah. and I was like, yeah. I don't know, you can have that if you want. And then a couple minutes later I said, no, 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 I think I'm going to do that. She's yeah. like, I don't care. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so then I, I, uh, a couple of weeks later, maybe even the same week, uh, I went to a bar with some writer friends mm-hmm. and I pitched the, I, that idea to them. And they were all like, that's great. Are you going to do good. that? And I said, I think I am now that everyone mm-hmm. says it's great. And my friend Mark was there, Mark being Cooley, and he's a mm-hmm. feature writer. And I said, would you write it with me? Mm-hmm. And he was like, well... Yes, <laughs> and so smart move, and right? so we yeah, so we started um, getting together up at Literati and you know, like after our jobs and uh, uh, just pitching ideas to one another. Mm-hmm. We came up with a pitch and pitched to producers. And uh, so you, you guys pitched it before you wrote the script. And yes, okay. yes, and, and I mean, there's I understand you can go either way, right? Yeah. I've done both. Like I wrote a script uh, one time on spec, and Sony ended up optioning it. It didn't go mm-hmm. to series, mm-hmm. but you can have success either way. Sure. But 
I felt like for this one, the concept was strong enough that we could just pitch it. You okay. know, some things you have to write for people to get yep. because it's so nuanced. Mm-hmm. But th- this one, the concept was a big thing, and we came up with a great backstory for the number one, and we knew what the pilot would be. And mm-hmm. it was like, okay, we can pitch this. Uh, so we pitched to producers. Um, <laughs> we got Carol Mendelson on board, who did CSI. Um, and then us and Carol went to Sony, where she has her deal. And they already knew me, too, because Justified was a Sony show. Okay. Uh, as was the Beast, so I'd been like with Sony a long time, and uh, and we pitched to Sony, and they were like, "We love it too. Mm-hmm. Let's take it out." Mm-hmm. So we got notes from Carol, notes from Sony, massaged the, the the pitch, and we went to all four of the networks that Sony could sell at, and we uh, got two offers from NBC and ABC. Wow, yeah. So I mean, that was awesome, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we ended up uh, choosing ABC, um, and then wrote the script uh, from there, which was. Uh, time-consuming process because you you have to do all the steps. Do the mm-hmm. story document, which is just a little three-page mm-hmm. summary. Did the outline. Did the script, and had to do each of those things three times because mm-hmm. you got to do it for Carol. Yep. She gives you notes. Then we do it for Sony. Mm-hmm. They give us notes. Then we do it for ABC. They give us notes. So you're doing it. The but final how draft. good do you get it doing it by the time you <laughs> learn it, right? Yeah, yeah. I, yes. I mean, I think this is the final script that we delivered January one or whatever of let's uh, see this year was a very good script, mm-hmm. um, and we were the first pickup. Uh, yeah. uh, to go to pilot, mm-hmm. um, so we had. I remember a nice seeing that deadline. I was like, "Ain't that a bitch?" I see VJ. <laughs> oh yeah, I had a nice little <clears throat> photo too. It was a good photo. <laughs> I got the video tape. <laughs> it was a good day. Sure. Yeah, what? And well, and also, what was funny is I got the call. Yeah, that, well, I was just about to okay. say, what was that call? Okay, like? so call I was. Like? We were not expecting to hear until January fifteenth or so, because, mm-hmm. or maybe or later than that even, because uh, being the first pickup, we certainly weren't expecting that. Sure. We were like, okay, mid to late January, I have some time to relax. I'm going to work on this spec I'm mm-hmm. writing, and I was at a coffee shop, um, and I just randomly ran into a friend of mine. He was just sitting there, and I was talking to him, and he's a photographer, mm-hmm. and so he had all his camera equipment out, and so I got this call. I was like, hello? And I start smiling. And I whisper to him, we're getting the pilot. He starts like snapping photos no, of me. That's so not what I have photos of the ah, moment I got the call. Cute. It's like, it, it makes it look like I travel around with a photographer. <laughs> <laughs> a little reality show. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I, I was smiling ear to ear. I mean, I it was a it. great call to get. Yeah. I love it. That's your dream. It is. I mean, it's it like is. that first time you get that staff job. It's like yes. that, that moment. You know, that's funny. Yeah. Interesting. And, Interesting. So, you know, when you're peeps, Mm-hmm. Get there, you kind of you feel like enjoy you that victory too. Definitely. Let's not forget the comic book. Oh yeah, let's and <laughs> when like when it occurred and how that was working. In yeah. You've read Ghost Cop, haven't you? Yes, I have. That's right. We're you... big comic book heads. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. all right. So I should have brought you a trade of yes. it. Okay, I'll, I'll bring. Well, now you got to read and come by again. I have a bunch of extra trades. Right, cool. So uh, Ghost Cop was this three issue comic book I did. Jeez, back in 2013, I think. Okay. Uh, just because so long ago. I, I know <laughs> right. it is, though, right? I mean, with, my, with having kids, time goes by. Yeah, sure. It seems like yesterday. But I, uh, I, I love comic books. I grew mm-hmm. up with them. I still read them. I have a bunch in my bag to read right now. Okay. Uh, and uh, I always wanted to do one. And mm-hmm. when you're doing comics, you can't do it for the money because you're not going to make any money, right? right. Unless you, you might get lucky and make money, but don't do yeah. it for that reason. I just right. wanted, I mean, all of us as writers, we have stories we want to tell. It's like, how do we get those stories across? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I want to tell this story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I learned from some comic book writer friends, like, how do you pitch a comic book? Mm-hmm. Like, who do you talk to? It's a very informal process. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you're, they don't want to hear from your manager or agent. Mm. They're all understaffed and busy so you just have to go up to editors at cons and be like hey would you look at this um, packet and Mm -hmm. you also have to 
put up money at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like I had to pay. Well, uh, I, I partnered with a friend of mine who also loves comics, and actually for Ghost Cop, he paid most of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we had to pay an artist to do ten pages of sample art, at least. Uh, yeah. uh, like a penciler and a colorist. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, I wrote the first script, uh, mm-hmm. and I wrote that with my brother too. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so that we could show all of this to the uh, the publishing companies. Mm-hmm. And we only got I think we got two publishers that wanted to do it, and we did it with Antarctic Press, who mm-hmm. were very cool to us. And so they published the three comics, and Christian Dabari did the art, and the, his his covers are awesome. Yeah. Uh, and the art really fits what we wanted because the idea of it is because I love noir movies, mm-hmm. I love like the old Bogart movies mm-hmm. or any of that stuff. And oh, you'll uh, love this new one I just produced. Oh, really? okay. Yeah. Okay, I want to see it then. Yeah. But, uh, I'll send it to you. Okay, so I love that stuff, and I wanted to combine that with my love of science fiction and fantasy. Okay. So the idea is this Sam Spade-like 1940s hard-boiled cop mm-hmm. is hunting down a killer, like a serial killer. He gets killed by the serial killer. Mm-hmm. And then when he wakes up, it's like, 25, I guess, 2013, mm-hmm. um, and he's a ghost. And he's like, <laughs> wait. I know I'm a ghost because he killed me, but why is it 2013, right? And he comes to find out the killings are continuing, even mm-hmm. though that was 70 years ago. Mm-hmm. So how are the, is this guy still alive? Is mm-hmm. it a copycat? And he partners with uh, a female cop who sees visions. Hmm. Like it seem it seems to be unrelated. She thinks she's going crazy, but then that kind like of a good Netflix that, ends up, that ends <laughs> up tying in uh-huh. to why he's been brought back. And I don't okay. want to ruin the mystery. It's uh-huh. only a three issue, and you can uh-huh. buy it on Comicsology literally for like ninety nine cents an issue. Okay. So, uh, but I can also bring you the trade. Hey, promote but, uh, promote. but yeah, if anyone wants, I, I really am happy with the product. And uh-huh. I, I'll tell you, I got to do a signing at Comic Con. Okay. Uh, and then I also did a signing in Dallas because I was going to be in Dallas. Um, uh, I can't remember when. It was like April of. 2014 or something mm-hmm. I was just going to be there visiting family mm-hmm. and so I called the big comic book store there and said hey can I do an in-store and they were like absolutely we don't get a lot of in-stores here yeah. and so to have people come up and be like oh I picked that comic off the shelf and really liked it like huh. unrelated they didn't know who I was yeah. it had nothing to do with me writing for Justified mm-hmm. they just saw it on the shelf mm-hmm. read it and were like I really liked that that was a great compliment that's the best you know yes. <laughs> that's the best that's what's that I think so, at the time when you first were doing it, you were telling me, it's something that stuck with me in a positive way. I forget the exact conversation, but you were telling me what it was about before I'd gotten the first issue. Mm-hmm. And what stuck with me, the concept had a simplicity to it in terms of it being easy to explain. Like this cop in the 40s gets killed. He wakes up, he's a ghost, but it's also present day. Like you boiled it down so well as like, if you have these concepts that are all over the place, mm-hmm. you might still have some work to sure, do. Sure, sure. Um, it was simple. That, no, it was that simple. What I do, and that was part of the goal, because yeah. I thought, I don't have any cred as a comic book writer. If I'm going to sell this comic book and get a publisher to publish it, then I need it to be simple. I'm going to call it Ghost Cop. The yeah. whole thing was based on that title, mm-hmm. kind of. And I was like, is there a story I want to tell that mm-hmm. has to do with a ghost cop mm-hmm. and then I was like it needs to be simple enough to explain but then when you read it there has to be more to it so generally when I pitch it I don't mention the visions mm-hmm. you know I mention just what Tracy just said mm-hmm. because that it's okay that's the simple that's the spine of it and then you get to read it and be like wait what's this psychedelic stuff it's like wait yeah. this cop she has visions yeah. oh my goodness and she's naked in this part right you know, so, <laughs> uh-huh. so so there's a little surprise in there for okay. you too right so. okay that's what's that. and I'm doing another one 
it won't be it won't be out until late next year because my artist is uh, I, I'm partnering with this artist Clay McCormick who did a comic called Dead Meat and he does a lot of stuff for Oni and he's mm-hmm. awesome mm-hmm. and but he he can't start drawing until next year but mm-hmm. I'm doing a new comic called Night Moves that we're going to do with IDW mm-hmm. which is awesome because IDW is a bigger publisher mm-hmm. and so we'll we'll get a lot we'll sell a lot more okay. you know I, I still don't expect to actually make money on it I mean I might literally I might make a few hundred dollars mm-hmm. as opposed to nothing with the sure, other sure, one sure. but will get read by a lot more people, um, which will be great. Mm-hmm. So. I like to say you got that IP, right? Well, yes, that is true. Like, my manager takes out Ghost Cop. Really? Like, he takes it out places like he's taken out to Crackle and some other mm-hmm. places. I said it sounds like it could be a show. Yeah, yeah. No, and I, it's got a great title, right? You're like, I, you Ghost can Cop. see it. Yeah. You can see it, right? <laughs> yeah. That's the key. That's the key. That's what's up. So what, what's, what's going on now? You're on a new show now? Yeah, so Snowfall, which is the John Singleton show mm-hmm. about cocaine in the 80s Damn. and crack in the 80s. They did a pilot last year. I just wrote a show about something oh, yeah. similar to that. Yeah, <laughs> there for, can be more than one. No, no, it's totally different, though. Totally uh, different. So they did a pilot last year, uh, but FX wanted to be retooled. Mm-hmm. So this time they're having like a 10-week room, okay. and so they hired a whole writer's room to break out the whole season and to break out some changes and redo the pilot. So they're going to oh, reshoot wow. the pilot in August. Um, and I got brought in for the last six weeks of the 10-week room because mm-hmm. I knew uh, because I know Dave, who's mm-hmm. running the show uh, from Justified. Mm -hmm. And when he found out the jury didn't go, Mm -hmm. he said, well, hey, do you want to come on for the last half of this? And I was like, yeah, I haven't gotten a paycheck since January. So I I absolutely would. And I knew Dave would be a good guy to work for. Mm -hmm. And uh, his number two, Leonard, I also worked with on Justified. So I was like, great. I already know the bosses. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, uh, you know, it's FX, which allows you a lot of creative freedom. And there's a lot of big names attached Mm -hmm. to it. I mean, Tommy Schlamme is the producing director. And John Singleton is a cool guy. So, yeah, it's been a great experience so Mm -hmm. far. I only have... I guess I have two or three weeks left, and then hopefully, I mean, we might come back for some more after the pilot. Like, because mm-hmm. after the pilot, FX will say, is it a go or not? Oh, good. Um, and so, one, we should know like mid to late September. So. I, I was telling um, the Derek brothers the other day, I think it was Thursday. I was, yeah, yeah, Thursday, I was reading in the deadline that the, um, the Russo brothers are doing the TV series How to do the they Warriors. Time to do that. To the Warriors. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. They're bringing back the war from amazing. the 70s. They're doing the Warriors as a fucking show. And I said, how the fuck can I get on that show? <laughs> yeah. Of yeah. all shows. <laughs> the fucking Warriors? Paramount's doing that, oh, right? I think this. it's Paramount. I, I think so. I, think I, so. I, I randomly ran into a dude on the Paramount lot who like recognized me or something because mm-hmm. they tried to hire me on Minority Report or something mm-hmm. and he's like you're VJ Boyd and I was like well this is awesome <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then we just started talking because he was a cool guy and was like yeah we're trying to do the Warriors this you know someone gave us a pitch I don't know if it was the Rooster Brothers pitch mm-hmm. or another dude's but they, he was like yeah and this was the pitch I don't even remember what it was but I knew they were trying to do it so I just don't know how the Rooster Brothers are going to have time dude well that, that was that everything. was part of it yeah. is they were saying they're going to they're not going to direct it they're mm-hmm. going to write it somebody else is directing it and then I guess they're going to eat the show Netflix? or something. I just wonder because I have Netflix to go back and has look the at movie it on it. Yeah. And a lot of times Netflix is like, a lot of people are watching this movie. We mm-hmm. should make a show out of it. Mm-hmm. Or like when they it saw that be, be a lot of people were watching the Gilmore Girls reruns, they were like, uh, we should do a Gilmore Girls revival because uh, they're yeah. all about metrics. Uh-huh. You know? So. Right, right. Great to hear. Yes, indeed. Great. And the new pilot or new material that you work on, I know you're always working on stuff. Is it a departure from... Anything you've well, done before? Well, I'm, I'm like doing too many things right now. So I'm doing too many because I, I'm really glad to be on Snowfall. But once they break to do mm-hmm. the pilot, that'll be good because I'm also, even though they didn't pick up the jury, mm-hmm. they're letting us retool that. Oh, really? Like, 
they're paying me and Mark to do a rewrite on it really? because they were like, listen, the idea is great. The execution we wasn't our thing. It doesn't feel like an ABC show. It feels yeah. like another network or cable. Mm-hmm. It's like, and change these things about the script. Okay. And so we pitched them what we would change. And right now we're doing that. And we'll owe them that, I guess, in August. So mm-hmm. I'm, me and Mark are rewriting that right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm writing a spec pilot that's a crime family spec pilot mm. for cable next year. Like mm-hmm. if the jury doesn't go. So in January, February, I'll have a spec to take out. Love it. And then I also am going to try to do another broadcast pitch with uh, my brother now that he's here because mm-hmm. uh, he used to live in Chicago he taught at DePaul and mm-hmm. he just moved here to uh, work as an assistant on Snowfall so we actually both work on Snowfall mm-hmm. uh, so he quit the academia game and he's like yeah. he's uh, going to try to just write full time with me because yeah, yeah. we've always written features together mm-hmm. but now that he's here we can actually do a TV show together so awesome. we're going to try it. and again if the jury doesn't go mm-hmm. we're going to try or go again <laughs> we're going to try and pitch a broadcast show in September so so we were just meeting, me and my brother were chatting about it yesterday about what's the idea going to be and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe do a sci-fi thing because mm-hmm. I love sci-fi. Please do never sci-fi done a sci-fi shit. show, yes. you know, so. Which yeah. is why I like your ghost cop because it sounds like it has sci-fi and mystery oh, yeah. and, you know. It's supernatural all that. stuff. I, yes. lo- I love to read. It's funny because I grew up watching mm-hmm. Star Trek and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and Buffy's one of my favorite shows. Mm-hmm. But then. I never have written on that kind of thing, okay. you know? So it would be fun to pitch something like that. Funny. Yeah. Interesting. It's always funny how you stay outside of your realm to mm-hmm. make money it's sometimes, weird. even yeah. though that's yeah. what you really... Yeah. Like, like Nick Betancourt writes dramas, even though he's a stand-up comic. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Crazy. But, but he, he doesn't want to write comedy. He writes that. But now he's like, I think I'm going to write a, a half-hour comedy. I'm <laughs> like, okay, bitch, what you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, thanks so much, man. Oh, this absolutely. Is that. Lots yeah, of jewels. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope, that, I hope this was helpful to anybody listening. So. Anybody can learn game from somebody else's journey and that's yeah. my whole thing yeah and you you'll, I mean? you'll get the tweets and the social media yeah yeah it'll, it'll pick up it'll sure. pick up cool sometimes no. it takes like a gradual sometimes like thousands of people listening in a day thousands of people listening over a month or whatever all of a sudden you'll just no you know. yeah and I, I i'd love to uh you know maybe if this show gets on the air maybe next year and come back that'd be a lot of Definitely. fun this, is, this has been a lot of fun absolutely man this is how we do it we're here every Every other Sunday, at least. Close you know. enough. <laughs> the last, and sometimes we do them like back to back to back, and we do a couple of them all in a day. That's smart. Yeah, it just helps stack us. Them st- stack them up. You know, it just helps because we're all busy. I didn't tell you this. I don't know if I should announce this or not. I can't, t- I can't tell you what it is. <laughs> it's I a can't secret. say what it is. Teasing everybody. But I got a call. I do a lot of like writing assignments. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing a big like War Wars Z zombie movie type of thing now. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just got a call last Friday from the, the, the guys who hired me to do the, the mob show, the HBO thing. Nice. To, they referred me to some friends who were doing a movie. I'll tell you off, off line. Excellent. So I told Lisa last Sunday, I'm going to bring you in to write it with me. It's so unheard. Well, when I tell you, you're going to be like, what? Tracy <laughs> didn't even know this. You know what I mean? Unbelievable. She has to. I have to do it with her. Of course. I have to do it with her. Of course. But we're still negotiating. Okay. So we'll see. No, that sounds great. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. Thank you for coming, VJ. Absolutely. It's been awesome, guys. Indeed. And congrats on all the success. Thank you. You know what I mean? Um, You're you're, you're an example of somebody who's making it, who's working, who's doing what you want to do, and you're doing the comics and stuff. That's what's up. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Well, so where you at? You on... um, any um, social media? Where are you uh, at? Yeah, uh, at VJ Boyd on right. Twitter. Okay. 
Anything else? Facebook? Uh, Instagram. I, I think I'm also VJ Boyd on Instagram. Okay. So hit me up on those. That's what's up. Where you at, Tracy Grant? Uh, at The Real Trey, T H E R E E L T R A Y on Twitter. Help you get your life right, as always. <laughs> Tracy Grant on Facebook. And we appreciate all of you out there for sure. Exactly. Keep, keep hitting us up. And I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys should find me on Twitter. I say Twitter like I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> on Twitter, at Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow the show, Screenwriters RR on Twitter. Um, you guys have any questions? ScreenwritersRantRoom at gmail.com. No, do not send me your scripts. VJ will not read it. Um, <laughs> I'll, hey, if you don't put the disclaimer out, motherfuckers will be like, hey, I love them true. on this. I want to see. I could do the jury. I mean, you all of a sudden. Yeah. People trust me. Please do not do that. Not cool. Um, if you guys want to follow the show, please um, share it, follow us, um, download the show, all that other stuff. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all that shit. Um, that's about it. Oh, follow us on Facebook. Big shout out to all the countries. I keep forgetting to do this. We are everywhere. Like I said, right now, Japan is like pulling into like number three. It's crazy. I'm like, Japan. We're like huge in Japan. Wow. Big and in Japan. Big in Japan. That's what they say. And uh, <laughs> uh, Australia is always like number three or four. Brazil is always like about four or five. Um, um, Canada is always about number two. United States, number one, of course. France is big. Italy. South Africa is another really big one. So shout out to y'all. We appreciate it. And of course, all you motherfuckers here in the United States. <laughs> so join in with us for 2016, you guys. You guys know how we do it on the Rant Room. On this show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, everybody? 2016. 2016. Peace, y'all. In the Rant Room. We say what we say. We do what we feel. We gotta keep it real. In the Rant Room. All about the crap of screenwriting. Fill my bottle up with lightning. Up in the Rant Room. Before the stars can be paid, they gotta be a dope ass. Let the beast about the cage that light about the dark. Can you build the inferno from an itty bitty spark? Coffee shop hustlers rise with the cream. A million other writers, same Hollywood dream. Your pen and paper, all like bullets in the gun. Write what you feel, say what you want in the red room. We say what we say, we do what we feel. We gotta keep it real in the red room. All about the crap. So look, if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get in. Mm-hmm.